0: Oh, Father God, tonight we're so grateful that you loved us so much that you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus, to die for us, to pay the price for us, that we might have life, that we might have it abundantly. And so, Father, we give you praise and honor and glory tonight. We thank you for your goodness wonderful name of Jesus and all the saints of God said amen and amen hallelujah well you know I'm melancholy so I'm so much a person of habit I just about told you you ought to go ahead and sit down (coughs) and you're already sitting (laughs) praise the Lord well I want to just take a couple of moments and you know because Jesus is the word become flesh. So I want to just share with you a little bit of word tonight. And I want to talk with you about the miracle of Christmas, but I want to look at it from just a little bit different standpoint. You know, I often talk about how If you feel like you've never seen a miracle, uh, we need to get you born again because then you've experienced the greatest miracle you'll ever experience. But you know, there was a greater miracle than that. And that was when Jesus came and he became flesh for you and I. You know, Jesus is not is simply an expression of God Jesus is God and uh, I want to just read one scripture to you tonight and uh, it probably doesn't seem much like a uh, (laughs) Christmas Eve scripture but it's Philippians the second chapter And I want to read to you the sixth and the seventh verse. And it says, Who being in the form of God, of course, this is speaking of Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made of himself no reputation. Taking the form of a bond servant, and becoming the likeness of men. And you know we we, we quote that I I've, I quote that many times. And you know it's interesting when we really begin to look at the words that are represented here, what they what they really mean. And it it gives us an image. It gives us an expression of God that we don't necessarily have otherwise. But what Paul is doing in this particular scripture, he's describing or he's talking about the pre-existence of Jesus. I think whether we, you know, we, we know that it's not true if we're Christians. But sometimes we think from the concept that Christmas morning was the beginning of Jesus. But Paul, what he's talking about here is the Preexistence of Jesus as God. And uh, he makes some very interesting points here. And he says, who being in the form of God, and this, this word being here is a really interesting word because it's a compound word. And the first part of the word means from, and the second part of the word means first original, ancient. And so what it says to us, it, it could read this way, that who existed, who eternally existed in the form of God. And so Jesus, he didn't, he didn't come into being on Christian, Christian, Christmas born. He merely took the form of man. And then there's a, another word there. It it talks about how he took that form of a man that he existed through all of eternity. In, in other words, he's always existed. He's always been. It isn't that Jesus just simply walked upon the earth for thirty-three years. Jesus always existed and in his pre-existence, before he took the form of man, he had the form of God. He was God. He is God. He is our God. Physically, he was God. And it says here, who eternally existed in the form of God. This word form, it means he was like God in every way. Why? Because he was God. He had the form of God. He, if you could have seen him, he would have looked like God. He had every one of the attributes of God. He lived in all of eternity as God. Did you get the picture? He is God. But you know, it's an interesting thing about God. Remember when Moses was on the mount and he said, basically, God, I want to see you. And he says, I'll show you my goodness. And he says, I'll let you see my backside. Because if everybody, anybody saw me, it would annihilate them. And so God, in his pre-existence, if we would have looked upon him it would have destroyed us. Now the exciting thing about it is is the fact that through the miracle birth of Jesus when he took the form of man he is now in a form and we are now in a position where we can look upon him and we won't be fried to the pew any longer. Because our miracle allows us to see him in the miraculous state that he is in. But, but Jesus, he had all the glory of God. He had all the splendor of God. He had all the power of God. And because of that, flesh couldn't handle it. And so we could have never looked upon Jesus in his preexistent state and lived because of the glory. We weren't in a position that we were able to handle the glory. But yet, just think about this. Jesus, God of all eternity, With all the splendor, all the wonders of God, chose. God didn't, the Father didn't make him do it. Jesus chose to lay aside all of that, all of his deity, to come and to be a man. It says, Made him made himself of no reputation. In other words, he laid it all aside, taking the form of a bondservant and becoming in the likeness of man. This form is the same form that we looked at earlier, where it described him as God in his preexistence. It says that he took on himself the form of man. In other words, he came as man or as mankind in every way. (laughs) Not that he only looked like man. He took upon the likeness of man in every way, shape, and form. You know, the Bible says that he was tempted in all things yet without sin. How could Jesus be tempted in all things as you and I are tempted? Because he took on the form of you and I. He set aside his deity. He set aside that form of God and he took the form of man and for 33 years he walked this earth. He looked like a man. He had the feelings of of a man. He had the thoughts of a man. He experienced pain as a man. Every single thing that you and I encounter or fear, feel, or fear, Jesus took upon that form upon himself. And he walked the earth. And he set aside his reputation. It said, That he made himself of no reputation. In the Greek, that's kenos. That means he emptied himself. He vacated himself. He deprived himself. He relinquished everything that he had been as God. He relinquished that. Why? So that he could be a man. So that he could walk as you walk and as I walk. And he did that for 33 years. But then he says that he became a bondservant. He took upon himself the form of a bondservant. That's the word "dilos" in the Greek. And it means that he became a slave. <clears throat> have, you, have you noticed that as human beings we are oftentimes enslaved by the things around us. Jesus took the form of a man for one reason so that we might be set free. You see in our lost state in that hopeless state you know we didn't sin because we were bad people. We sinned because that's what sinners do. They sin. Because they're enslaved to sin. You know, y'all are probably more righteous than me, but you know, I can remember my unrighteousness. I can remember wanting to do right, being determined I'm going to do the right, making the decision I'm going to do the right thing. And the very next step was just the opposite of what I had just said I was going to do. Because I was enslaved to sin. Because it had me in bondage. So Jesus became that bondservant. He, he didn't allow sin to rule him. But he became that slave that you and I were slaves of. But see, he didn't sin. He didn't yield to it. He didn't give in to it he overcame it. And as a result of his overcoming, we overcome. That which once enslaved us is to enslave us no longer because of what Jesus has done for each and every one of us. Paul said concerning Jesus that he was made in the likeness of men. That means in every way he was like you and I. He resembled us in every way. But not just simply because he had the appearance of a man. He resembled us in every single way. Why is that, why is that so important? That, that likeness is so very important for us to, to understand that. Because it goes back to the scripture I quoted just a little bit out of Hebrews 4.15. It says, For we do not have a high priest. What's the high priest? He's the one that's making intercession for you and I. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. Remember on yesterday, yesterday, I said, I want you to leave here knowing one thing. God's not mad at you. And I want to reiterate that to you tonight. God's not mad at you. And do you know why God's not mad at us? Because he understands us. Because he was formed in the likeness of man. He understands the struggles that we go through. And therefore he's praying. He's interceding for you and I. Not that we would fail. But that we would be victorious. That we would win. You know. God didn't create any of us. To be losers. Amen. He created every one of us to be a winner. Now, may, we may lose a contest, but that doesn't make us a loser. You're only a loser when you quit. And we're here tonight as winners. We're here tonight as winners to declare to God no matter what this evil and wicked world throws against us, we will not quit. And the reason we will not quit is because through Jesus Christ, the victory has already been purchased for us. We are overcomers. This is the victory that overcomes this world that we live in. Jesus Christ, the righteous. It's through his word that we have the victory. The Bible talks about the great exchange. We made that great exchange. We exchanged our loss. We exchanged defeat for the victory that was purchased for us through Jesus Christ. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin, So we see that Jesus in His heavenly throne understands humanity because He became humanity. In every way, shape, or form He became humanity yet without sin. Jesus who in his pre existence was 100% God. He wasn't just simply like God or resembled God or was an interpretation of God. Jesus is God. And for 33 years he worked, he walked upon this earth not as 10% man or man or 30% man, not even 90% man. He walked 100% as you and I because he set aside his deity. And that Jesus, whom we're here tonight to celebrate, is the same Jesus that died as a man, was buried as a man, but was resurrected in newness of life and is now seated at the red hand of Father God, making intercession for you and I so that we might have complete victory. I know there's, there's so many activities going on tonight and tomorrow and some of you are probably thinking, As I thought, when I was young, you know, on Christmas Eve, when I was so excited about opening my presents, they drugged me to church. (laughs) Except we're not gonna put you through what I was put through. Because we got a big treat at the close of service. We'd get an apple or we'd get an orange. What a thrill. But I'm going to leave you with something more than an apple or an orange. I'm going to leave you with this knowledge. No, I'm not, I'm not giving you anything. No, she looked like she had some hopes that I was going to... No, no, no. No, I'm going to give you something that's more valuable than anything I can give you in the natural. That's the confidence, the assurance that you can have That Jesus loves you so completely that he set aside his deity and walked upon the earth for 33 years so that you and I might experience the abundant life that we might be able to once again, which man had not had for 6,000 years, Come into fellowship and harmony with Almighty God. Without the fear of getting fried on the pew. Because of what Jesus did for you and I. We experience a miracle. We experience the miracle that we can now be born again. And as born-again believers, we now are the abode. We are the house. We are the temple. We are the home of God, the Holy Spirit. It isn't that we have to fear going to heaven and coming into the presence of God and avoiding the mountain because we might get fried No, we now have God living on the inside of us because of the completed works of Jesus. That's the victory that's ours. And so we no longer have to fear him. We no longer have to wonder. We now have the assurance of his love. Oh yes, we celebrate a babe that was born in a manger. But that celebration is that the Word became flesh. God became flesh so that He might dwell amongst us. So that through Him we might have the victory. So with that, Merry Christmas. And that Merry Christmas makes for a blessed and happy new year. Why? Because we know that it's done. And it's done through Jesus. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you're saved? Aren't you thankful for Jesus? What a wonderful, wonderful God we serve. Amen. Let's close. Pastor Bill, will you speak a benediction over us? Father, we do just thank you for this wonderful season of the Incarnation. Father, we just thank you for this service. tonight with thank you Pastor Dave and Pastor Becky. Father, this precious place. Lord, we just speak blessings over your people. You said we'd be blessed coming in, we'd be Mm -hmm. blessed going out. We'd be the head and not the tail, Mm -hmm. above only and not beneath. And that you would do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think, according to the power that dwells within us. Father, we thank you for Christmas, the celebration. We ask you to bless the people now as they go. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Be blessed. Give somebody a hug. Let them know you love them. Have a Merry Christmas.